0: We're looking at a message today titled Israel, What's Next? In light of all that's going on in Israel and now in the world around us. I'm going to ask you to take a lot of notes today. I'm going to ask you to stay tuned, uh, pay attention, write it all down, and um, be in prayer as this uh, message comes to us today. Matthew chapter 23, I'll start in verse 37, and we'll segue right into chapter 24. And uh, this is the famed Olivet Discourse that Jesus gave just prior to uh, his ascension back to heaven. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And he said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. and 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 you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. And because of lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Therefore, see the, of so the, right of God, in the holy place, is can Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. And And pray that your flight or escape may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. and And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be saved or shortened. Father, we pray, we ask you now, Lord God, to be in this Bible study. We, we know that you are. We've, we've come to worship you. We have your word wide open, and we seek, Lord, your truth. So speak to us, and Lord, as we have come to learn, take, Lord, what we're doing here right now, And send it to the ends of the earth. It's amazing to read a 2,000-year-old statement by Jesus Christ himself saying that the gospel will be preached to the ends of the world. And now we see that happening all around the world through the internet and all kinds of means, amongst so many other warnings of this great prophecy. So Father, help us to understand. We pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. 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 You may be seated, church. Obviously, we have gathered together at a, a solemn period of time, and um, for those of you who might be here today, and you might be thinking, well, this is just another Middle East skirmish. Uh, they've gone on for uh, millennia now, uh, in the since 1948, they come and go, uh, you know, there's the, the 73... Uh, year war, uh, 1973, there's the issues uh, uh, through, you know, the 80s. No, 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 this is all different, everybody. It's all different. Uh, And by the way, just as a setup for you to recognize something, that we live in a time right now that is the, the most accurate age to live in regarding the fulfillment of Bible prophecy and or the teen up, if I can put it that way, the these stage setting parameters of end times prophecy. Uh, we could say that the the fuse is about to be lit if it hasn't been lit already. Now these are not bombastic statements. Since May 14th, 1948, Israel has existed as a nation for the second time. We'll hear more, more about this in a moment. But in the last several decades, there's been a global shift and a global move. In ways that can only be answered in the Bible. You can try all of you want. I say this with love and respect. Try, go, read, whoever. You can find nothing more accurate than what the Bible says about the last days. And according to the scriptures, we are living in the last days. Now, I just want to get this right up front right now. It's going to shock you perhaps. But by the end of this message, I pray that you'll have a better understanding. Believe it or not, the current situation that is going on in Israel is literally not about Gaza. Listen, it is not about the Palestinians. Gaza and the Palestinians are being used as a pretext for the advancement of Islam. You need to know that right now. You need to understand what's going on. And I want that to just settle. No matter what you think about what I just said, I just want you to hold that up front as we get into this study and as you look at the world news. This area called Gaza, which dates back thousands and thousands of years in your Bible, Gaza is a place where, again, we'll talk about it later, but it is notorious for thousands of years as being an enemy to Israel. You know who lived near Gaza? Gaza. Goliath lived near Gaza. So did his four brothers. Remember uh, Samson, the judge of Israel? By the way, he was the judge of of what? Of where? Israel. 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 Four of you know that. (laughs) Was he the judge of Gaza? Was he the judge of Palestine? He was the judge of Israel. Remember that. Now I'm going to lay a lot of sarcasm on today by design. To make it graphic enough for you to get the truth. You know, truth comes delivered in all kinds of packages. And today, we need to understand something. What we're talking about is deadly serious. And it is not going to go away. Because the agenda is a geopolitical, theocratic agenda that is underway. Listen, it's called Islam. Islam is Arabic for submit or submit to, or be submissive. And Islam, everybody thinks Islam as being a religion. Islam has a division that is religion. It is a geopolitical worldview that came out of the vision of Muhammad and those that followed him, and many of those who wrote after him, and in the commentaries of the Islamic Hadith or commentaries of the Quran. You need to understand that. Relative listen, speaking regarding time, the Quran compared to the Bible, the Quran is a relatively new kid on the block. You may not know that. You listen, you're certainly not going to hear this level of truth already in any secular setting or in many churches in America today and you certainly will not hear this from any of our Muslim friends. But the reason why I say that the Palestinian as an individual and Gaza as a piece of land is a pretext for the advancement of Islam because it justifies the teachings of the Quran to continue the preparation of the establishment of a global caliphate. You need to know that. And there are some nations over the time that have gotten in the way of that. Europe got in the way of that. Spain got in the way of it. England got in the way of it. France, Austria, Poland, uh, Turkey. Well, you know, at the time it was the Byzantine Empire uh, was later invaded. But you need to remember that when we talk about Islam, the initial thought is to think about it being just this uh, religion-type thing that started there uh, near Saudi Arabia someplace today of the map Uh, Well, then let me ask you this. Then what was it doing in Vienna, Austria, and in Paris, and in Cordoba, Spain, and Alhambra? I ask you that. Why were the Crusades ever conducted in the first place? Have you ever stopped to ask that question? Why on September 11, 1683, the king of Poland assembled the Christian forces in Europe to defeat the Islamic invasion in Vienna, Austria? Because there's a push to establish a global caliphate that has been an ongoing belief, just like you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, just like you believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. As passionate as you are about biblical truth, they are as passionate about Islamic teaching. Notice how I didn't say Islamic truth. Even, even Jesus himself warned, and in the last days, that would include the the 6th and 7th century, the era of the birth of Islam, that the Bible even forewarned that if an angel were to even appear from heaven and teach any other message that which has been given to you in the Bible, let that angel be accursed. And what is Muhammad's report? That an angel from heaven came and told him a whole new gospel. And Christians in various parts of the world already had those scriptures to judge all that. But listen, in the West, we've become so comfortable and so ignorant of the truth and so distracted that we don't know these things. And that's shame. I want to get some things up front before we get into the reasons why. The Bible tells us and warns us what is known as eschatology. It's a big word, big meaning. The Bible is the only eschatological book in the world that is accurate and that has the uh, record that it has. Did you know that the Bible, when it comes to eschatological teaching, which is future teaching, Bible prophecy, the Quran fails, the Book of Mormon fails, Jehovah Witnesses fail, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the, 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 uh, the uh, sages of ancient times past, uh, All of the various religions of the world, they claim to have prophecies, but in reality, they never produce one. That's why, listen, I often get confused on on an airplane flight or where I'm at in some country, because I'll I'll be talking about uh, uh, the Jewish scriptures, for example, and on my ring, in Hebrew, it says, your people, my people, your God, my God. Uh, And so people will say, oh, are you Jewish? And I said, no, but uh, the God I worship is Jewish. And you might say, well, what a thing to say. No, it's it's exactly the thing to say. If you understand the Bible. And today we're all about the Bible. And I hope tomorrow and forever we're only about the Bible. Can you just jot jot this down in your note-taking, please, regarding Israel and what's next? Israel now is fighting its greatest war since the Holocaust. There have been more Israelis murdered than... Any other time since the Holocaust? And uh, what is spooling up now has involved these nations as of this hour. Number one, Iran, key player, jot it down, Iran. China, we'll talk about the connection. Russia, no surprise to the Bible student of the book of Ezekiel. Turkey. Turkey. Or in your Old Testament, Turkey is referred to as Togomar. Syria. Lebanon. Believe it or not, North Korea is involved. Tragically now, with the breakup of this current government's policies of the United States, Saudi Arabia has basically bailed out of the Abraham Accords and has sided with China regarding its condemnation of Israel. This is a shocker, but don't worry. According to the book of Ezekiel, Saudi Arabia will have a turn of thought because in the book of Ezekiel, they will become an ally to Israel uh, in that future battle. So we'll keep an eye on that. Obviously, the United States. We'll talk more about that. England. France. And now, the nation of Taiwan. These nations that I've just mentioned are either directly involved or in support of or falling victim to the nations I've just mentioned to you right now. To- Taiwan is, um, is on the cusp of, of it being gone. China is about ready to walk into Taiwan. They will, pro- they will probably wait a little bit longer until the United States is fully uh, depleted of military capabilities to defend Taiwan. Uh, However, uh, you know, we'll see what what the Lord has in store. Church, mark this down if you would. Uh, We're going to call it number one, and uh, as I begin to look at number one, it's this. uh, What do we know for sure? Um, I will both give scripture, and I will give commentary. Uh, This is what we know for sure, is that what is going on right now in Israel was inevitable. Because of the Islamic doctrine that you've been hearing for years, but you didn't pay attention to it, and it predominantly came out of Iran uh, that fueled its proxies, such as ISIS, uh, Hezbollah in the north in Lebanon, and in some degree, Hamas in the south, Uh, among other terrorist groups, they had a chant, death to America and death to... Israel, they've been chanting this since I've been a kid, and uh, one of those things is that we are not going to stop until Israel is driven into the Mediterranean, and there's no Jews alive. I'm not making this up, ladies and gentlemen, you just don't want to hear it. It is their agenda, and it's published, it's preached in mosques around the world on Fridays. We don't want to know that as Westerners. Mikhail Gorbachev said, before the Soviet Union fell, Mikhail Gorbachev told the Supreme Soviet, he said, we need to make sure and capitalize on this fact, that the Americans do not want to know. We don't want to know stuff like this. We just want to have two days off, we want to go to Disneyland from time to time, And pray that the Rams win a game. (laughs) We're we're a people occupied with distractions. And the hour now is upon us that the distractions can no longer be part of our lives. So what do we know for sure? Well, number one is that Israel is mentioned in the Bible by the very mouth of God himself. Israel, the name, is not an invention. Genesis chapter 32, verse 28. Moses writes, and he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Genesis, the book of Genesis. In the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, Genesis, God says regarding Jacob... I'm not going to call you Jacob anymore. I'm going to call you Israel. It's the first time it appears in the Bible. You mark that down. You remember that, everybody. The Bible is God's communication. It's God's megaphone. The Bible is God's message to mankind. It's validated. It's confirmed. The Bible's not going anywhere, friends. You can burn every Bible in the world. It doesn't change God's eternal truth. You can't stop the Bible. You can kill every Jew and every Christian and burn every Bible. It doesn't stop God's truth. God's, God's truth is eternal, and he gave us his word in the Bible, and if you burn the Bible, it doesn't stop God's truth. He's going to do it anyway. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. Isn't that great? I love that. But God says, he says, he invents the word Israel. Deuteronomy, are you ready? Write, write small. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29 and from there you will seek the Lord your God, he's speaking to Israel, and you will find him if you seek him with all of your heart, and with all of your soul. My Jewish friends, Gentiles, Muslims, why don't you decide today to seek God with all of your heart and with all of your soul? Because that's what God requires. When you are in distress and all these things come upon you in the last days... When you turn to the Lord your God and obey his voice, for the Lord your God is a merciful God, he will not forsake you, nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant of your fathers which he swore to them. Did he ask them to swear to him? No. The God of the Bible swore to the fathers of the people of Israel known as the Jew. And today, I want to give you this warning before anybody tunes us off or turns us off or gets out and walks out and says, you know what, I'm a, I'm a New Testament Christian. I'm a, I live in the New Testament era. Listen, what in the world are you talking about? You have no New Testament promises without the God of the Old Testament keeping his promises. If he doesn't keep his promises to Israel, he cannot, will not, has no obligation to keep any promise to you. Remember, the Bible says that the Gentile has been grafted into his salvation. The Bible says don't boast against the root. Remember that. People are not going to, listen, I know people are going to call me and write me about this message. I'm not going to answer. Just listen to the message again. Just listen to it again and again and again. Isaiah 42, verse 9, behold, the former things have come to pass, says God. New things I declare, before they spring forth, I tell you of them. The God of the Bible knows the future in advance. Everything that's going on right now, yes, it's horrible to see what's happening. Let me be honest. I'm gonna be very honest. It's horrible what's happening in Israel, it's horrible what's happening to children and women and soldiers, and citizens, and old ladies, and old men, it's, it's horrible, it's also horrible of what's happening to the people that are in Gaza, it's also, listen, there are Christians in Gaza, they're, they're Christians in Gaza, they live there, but they're not, listen, they've got to hide from the Muslims, and they've got to stay away from the Jews, they can't interface with the Jews, because the Jews don't like them, they're basically living in no man's land, they'll get killed if their Christianity is found out, But know this, that in the whole mix, my heart goes out to everybody who is sincerely involved versus a perpetrator who's involved. There are those who are using the Palestinian people for their war effort. I do not have the time. I'm I'm not going to do all your homework for you. It's too much. I'm not kidding. You should see the data I left back in that room right now. Maybe we'll publish it somehow, but I don't want to do all the work for you. I'm going to make a statement. You go see if it's true. The lieutenant commander of Hamas said, The Jews love life, and that's their weakness. They want to live. That makes them weak. We want to die. That makes us strong. That's why when we use our women and children in battle, they are the heroes who die before us. Who thinks like that? Demons. Devilish doctrines. Does not the Bible say that in the last days, doctrines of demons and evil spirits of teaching will permeate the world? We read a moment ago that Jesus said, watch out, because there's going to be false teachers in the last days. What kind of a mindset hides behind women and children to to execute their war? The, the logic that says, it's okay if they die, it's okay if I lose my wife, I'll just get another one. Or I got four of them, if I lose one, I got three, I'll get another one. My kids, they die, they die in the cause. They're not casualties of war. They're actually believed to be warriors, says the lieutenant commander of Hamas. This week. I'm, I'm very grateful to Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro, I'm sure he doesn't watch these programs But I'm grateful to Ben Shapiro, who this week had translated from Arabic into English many of these statements by Hamas military leaders and imams. And you ought to go back to Ben Shapiro's podcast and just let those speak who are speaking and hear what they're saying. You don't want to hear this, people. You don't like it. But it's the truth. And we need to wake up. We need to wake up. Isaiah 66, verse 8. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born in a day? For as soon as as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. You can write down, right next to Isaiah 66, verse 8, you can write down May 14th, 1948. There's no other nation, listen, skeptic, no other nation in the history of mankind that it has had its rebirth in one day except Israel. No other nation. The moment May 48, 1948 happened, May 14, 1948 happened, the moment that that happened, God's stopwatch started again. Right now, Gentiles in this world, we're living on borrowed time. The church of Jesus Christ in the earth, this is the first time in human history that Israel and the church have existed at the same time. Which means God's about ready to go to work with Israel, if you know your Bible, and he's about ready to be done with the church on earth. It's a remarkable time you and I are living in. And we ought to be looking up as Jesus told us to be. Zechariah chapter 12. This is, by the way, if you don't know your Bible, this is all Old Testament prophets we're talking about here. These are the Hebrew prophets. Zechariah 12, verse 2 says, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people or nations round about. Hmm. When the nation shall be in siege, both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone to all the nations. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people or the nations of the earth be gathered gathered together against it. Isn't that amazing, everybody? How many rivers does Jerusalem have flowing through it? Zero. Does Jerusalem have oil? None. Is there an airport in Jerusalem? Nope. Is it, you name it, it ain't got it. You know what? In fact, when it rains in Jerusalem, rocks grow. The Bible says the epicenter city of the world, I know it's hard for Americans to believe this, it's not Hollywood. It's not LA, it's not New York. It's Jerusalem. And these are, listen, Isaiah is nearly 3,000 years old from our day right here, right now. And the Bible says in the last days, Jerusalem's going to be the issue. My friends, it's not Gaza. It's not the Palestinian people. The target's Jerusalem. For a reason. For a reason. Mark that down in your mind when you watch the news. And when you listen to people. I tell you what, God's my judge. This week, watching the news, I've watched so much news, I mean, I'm just sick of it. But for you, I had to take the hit. Seriously, I just wanted to take a shower, take a bath. Sometimes I wanted to vomit because I don't watch Western news. I do not watch news in America. Well, a lot of the news I watch is unfiltered news from other countries. And I've seen the things uncensored, this stuff that people are talking about. Oh, that never happened. Yeah, I guess you're right. If you watch Fox and CNN and MSNBC or MSLSD or whatever it is. (laughs) If you get your news from America, you're messed up. You need to get your news from Al Jazeera or the Iranian Times. Or how about news out of Yemen? Why don't you look at some of the other news sources and watch what's going on. Where you see babies paraded around on bayonets. Pierced through and paraded. Oh, it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. In your little world, it didn't. Joel chapter 3. Are you guys okay? Because I'm laying it on pretty hard. Joel 3 verse 1. For behold, in those days and at that time, when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem. Notice, God says, I'm going to bring them back. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what that means, by the way? God's a Zionist. Did you just hear what I just said? Do you, need, do you even know? Listen, I know many of you have been to college, so you don't know. <laughs> God is a Zionist, which means he says in the Bible, I wrote my name on Mount Zion. Yeah. To be a Zionist means the land belongs to Israel. Yeah. To be a Zionist means God fulfills his promises. You see why your family's in a big debate over this issue? Are you stupid? Come on, man. You sound like a Zionist. I am a Zionist because I've read my Bible. Don't apologize for that. That's what woke does. Woke says, are you a Zionist? You say, I am. I've read. I don't know where that accent just came from. (laughs) I am. I'm a Zionist. I read my Bible because God is. God says, I'm going to rebuild my nation again. And in Joel 3, he announces that, verse 2, I will also gather all nations. This is forthcoming, by the way. It hasn't happened yet. And bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. I've been there. It's amazing. And I will enter judgment with them on a. Watch this. Why, God? Why are you going to enter the judgment with the nations of the world? I'll tell you, basically, he says, on the account of my people. Are you hearing me? The God of the Bible says, I have a people. I picked them. Remember Tevia and Fiddler on the Roof? God, I know we're your chosen people. You chose us. But God, can you choose someone else for a while? <laughs> On account of my people and my heritage, what's the word? Israel. Say it again. Israel. It's not the word Palestine. By the way, it's not in any real Bible. Bible. So what do you mean any real Bible? Are there fake Bibles out there? There's some dumb Bibles out there that are modern-day publications that remove the word Israel and put Palestine in here. And listen to this. And what's hilarious about it is there was no such thing until 135 A.D. by the emperor Hadrian from Rome. He named Israel Palestine because he said, I hate the Jews and I hate their uprisings against the Roman Empire, so we're going to wipe them out, and we're going to do two things. We're going to rename Jerusalem Capitolina, and we're also going to remove the name Israel from its ancient heritage and get them to forget who they are and call it Palestina. One of the hills in Rome is called Palestine or Palestina. It's connected to the root word Philistia. Philistia or Philistine, they resided in Gaza. Do you know what Philistine means? It means those who invade by the sea or from the sea. Those who invade from the sea. I'm a Palestinian. If you're a Palestinian, the word means you've invaded from the sea. You should know that. This is serious stuff, people. All of this is to hopefully bring you to the understanding. God also says this. Whom they have scattered among the nations, Joel 3. "Who they have scattered among the nations, they have also divided up my land. Do nations of the world desire to divide Israel's land? Come on, people. Let's wake up. you guys awake? Do you need some coffee? Do you? God says... 2,700 years ago through the prophet Joel, the world is going to seek to divide up my land. And that's the biggest passion of the UN today, the united nothing, is to divide up the nation of Israel. That's okay. Listen, don't worry about it. Just when you hear it, just say, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, that's what my Bible said would happen. And boy, read the fine print, UN, you're in big trouble later. (laughs) Big trouble. He says, why? Because they have cast lots for my people. You know what that means? It's a political statement. Hmm. Why don't you guys take this part of the Jews, and you can have those part of the Jews, and I'll have this part of the Jews, and are you, can you believe this is in the Bible? It's the Bible. Isaiah 27, verse 6. Isaiah 27, verse 6. Those who come, he shall cause to take root in Jacob. This is the, this is the, uh, the return of the Jews in Bible prophecy. Now, you take that for granted because you live in the 21st century. You've already seen it happen. Israel shall blossom and bud and fill the face of the earth with fruit. (laughs) You guys, Mark Twain passed through Israel and he said, This is the most worthless, treeless, godless landscape I've ever seen. Mark Twain. You go to Israel today, I could sneak you, I could sneak a picture in Israel today and take a picture and show you, and you'd say, and I'd ask you, where where's where this picture taken? And you'd say, mm, kind of maybe somewhere near Zephyr Cove up in Lake Tahoe. Or maybe Chino Hills with the rolling hills and the oaks. No? What about those vineyards? Oh, that's Napa. Or France. No, that's the upper Galilee region. It's a paradise today. Are you hearing me? It's a fact. I'm sorry if you don't like it, but facts, John Adams said facts are stubborn things. (laughs) I like that. And by the way, Israel is responsible for filling Europe up with fruit. Isaiah 43, verse 3. Isaiah 43, verse 3 says, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Sheba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I gave men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather them from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. See, God's a Zionist. It means he's going to build up his land of Zion. He's doing it. He's been doing it. And nothing's going to stop him from doing it. Even this war that's going on right now, you think God is waking up and saying, oh my goodness, how did this happen? (laughs) He knows everything. I understand the suffering is hard to handle, but we're not God. And by the way, let me say this. We've been created in the image of God. If we care about the suffering, he cares about it infinitely amount more. We just don't deal with it like he does. When he, listen, Abraham says in the end, Abraham said, shall not the Lord of all of the earth do well or do right or do what is right? Amen. Right now, you and I want to call the shots. God says, "Sit down. I got this." <laughs> well, how can this be happening? He answers, in the book of Deuteronomy, he answers. In many other places, he answers. But don't worry. It's not over till it's over. And he's the one that determines that. God is in control of time. And Jesus said, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Boy, does that not describe this moment we're in? Yes. Oh, When's the last time, by the way, you heard Ukraine. Vladimir Zelensky, did you see him yesterday? He's crying, the world has forgotten us. That means he's down to like his last billion dollars. I mean, not Ukraine, I mean him personally. I'm sorry, am I? No, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. Isaiah 59, verse 21. As for me, says Yahweh. Oh my goodness, look at that. That's the word, listen, that's the name the Jews don't speak out loud. I get it, but we're not Jewish, so we get to speak it. God says in the, listen, God says in his word, proclaim my name among the nations. Well, here we are. That's Yah. That's the name of God. Yahweh, Yehovah, we would say. As for me, this is Isaiah, by the way. God is telling you his name in Isaiah, the great Hebrew prophet. God says, this is my name. I really appreciate this. I made a post. I don't know if any of you saw that Facebook Live I did on Friday. And uh, by the time I got home, I think I needed an armored personnel carrier. Uh, God is a title. Yah, or Yahweh, is a name. Personal, pronoun, name. God, Yah. His name is Yah. Okay? And so, um, on that post, I said uh, to my Muslim friends out there who might be watching what is the name of your God? And they said, Allah. And I said, no, no, I heard that. What is the name of your God? Allah. Allah is Arabic for the word, for the name, excuse me, God. So what's his name? Nobody knows his name. This is my covenant with them. My spirit who is upon you and my words which I've put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, <laughs> says Yah or Yahweh, Yehovah, from this time and forevermore. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Our God is alive, He's real, and He has a name, and His name is Yah or Yahweh. He's eternal. He has called Israel to be his mouthpiece. Israel. The Bible even prophesied this. That when their Messiah would come, they would reject him. Listen, be careful though. For the last 2,000 years, the gospel has gone to the ends of the earth. When, it, when the, God's word says reject... Jesus rides into Jerusalem and weeps and says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if you had only recognized this your day, but you would not. He said, You will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Listen, he's about ready to pick it up once again with the nation of Israel. You ought to read the book of Revelation, it's all Jewish. Amen. It's all of is it not? 144,000 Jews. Jews. Jews, Palestinians? Gentiles? No. Jews will preach the gospel. The Bible says there'll be 12,000 of them from each tribe, all males, all virgins, they speak Hebrew. In your Bible, book of Revelation. You should know that. It's in the New- Listen, if you're Jewish and you read Genesis to Malachi and skip the entire New Testament and read Revelation, you'll totally get it. Because everything mentioned in the Old Testament is ended in the book of Revelation. God gives Moses a menorah. Listen, a menorah. You know you how many lampstands a menorah has? In fact, if you leave this foyer today, you'll see an artifact. It's, real. it's a real artifact. There's only five or eight of those in the entire world right there. And we got one of them. What is it? It's a seven lampstand menorah. It doesn't appear any other time in the Bible outside the five books of Moses. doesn't appear any other time until when? The book of Revelation. Oh, yes. woo <laughs> Amazing. <clears throat> I took a vacation. I didn't talk for a week, and now I'm out of shape. <laughs> I'm tired. It's amazing how, how uh, when you don't use your diaphragm, it, you lose it really quick. <laughs> so I'll try to find mine again. Uh, where was I? What was the last thing? Um, yes. Okay, Psalm 30, Psalm 130, verse 7. Psalm 130, verse 7 says, O Israel, hope in the Lord. There's his name again. For with the Lord, his name, there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption. Isn't that good news? Yes. This world's nuts, but God's good. Amen. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Isaiah 27, 14, and it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord will thresh from the channel of the river to the brook of Egypt, and you shall be gathered one by one, O you children of Israel. Point number two, Israel, what's next? It's this. What is the origin of the land of Israel? What is the origin of the land of Israel? Hey guys, I gave you that video right at the end, right before I walked out, these poor guys, I torture our tech group. Can you guys play that video that was on uh, either TikTok or Instagram? Listen, car- listen carefully, everybody. Information
1: on history. Israel has only been a state since 1948. Palestine is thousands of years old. I remember this guy. Jesus Christ on a motorbike. <laughs> Sorry, Mia, you are wrong. Israel is 3,000 years old, 75 years young. And this is not coming from a Jew, but from a proud Muslim. The prophets of God whom I believe in were Israelites. A significant number of these prophets disseminated their teachings in the land of Canaan, a land which Joshua bin Nun later renamed Israel. And then King David proclaimed Jerusalem as the nation's capital. Yes, Mia, it wasn't Donald J. Trump. It was King David. Even Jesus of Nazareth, Mia, called the land Israel in the Gospel of Matthew. The Roman Emperor Hadrian expelled Jews from Israel, erasing the name Judea. He supplanted it with the Roman Latin term Syria Palestina, which evolved into... Palestine. Similarly, the city of Shechem was changed to Neapolis or Nablus, which means in Roman Latin, new city or new place. The Jewish people, dear me, are not foreign colonialists in the land of Israel. I wish you'd informed your audience that Israelis and Palestinians ought to coexist peacefully. And that peace is the only way. Not marring history or disseminating falsehoods. Please share this video as it may reach okay. me and others. So I don't, I
0: don't so that know, know that know guy, truth but that's and okay. The truth. I, don't, I don't have to know that guy. He was almost 100% true. David didn't name Jerusalem, Jerusalem. God did. God did that previously. However, that's okay. That's completely okay. What he said, 99.9% of that is exactly true. All right? He mentioned something, though, about coexisting in peace. Do you understand that if Israel laid down its weapons today, Israel would be destroyed? Did you know that if the Palestinians or Hamas or Hezbollah laid down their weapons today, right, there would be peace? Simple equation, but it's demonically driven. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country. Remember, well, I'll just finish the verse. From your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Okay, Abram. Where did Abram? Church, listen, participate. Where did Abram come from? Ur. Chaldees. Was that Jewish or was that pagan? Pagan. Was Abram a Jew or a Gentile? Gentile. Oh, good. Do you attend here? This is what's fun when I talk to my Jewish friends. The first Jew was a Gentile first. There's a reason for this. He was a pagan worshiping Gentile. And God called him out of that world. And if you really want to blow your mind, Abram became Abraham because he believed in the promises of God. Okay, watch. And God declared him righteous. Righteous. Before Moses was ever born and gave the Ten Commandments. And before he was ever circumcised, God called Abraham righteous. Listen, when God calls you righteous, there's nothing left but, oh, happy day. <laughs> Why is it this way? You say, well, it wasn't, the, wasn't the pagans in, in the land of Israel before Israel showed up? Yes. It always has to be that way. Weren't you alive first in your paganism before you came to Christ? Yes. The flesh always comes first. That's why the children of Israel were commanded by God. Joshua leads them in, the first Israeli general commando, leads them into Canaan. Why? Because God says, I want you to push out all of this paganism. Well, but they were there first. Well, it depends if you believe the Bible or not. They were there first, but God made the land. And sin comes, right? Sin, we're born with sin. We inherit Adam and Eve's uh, fallenness, nature. The flesh always comes first. Evil was in the land first. God says we have to, so to speak, circumcise the land. By the way, doesn't God say in the New Testament, you want to come and follow me? I don't care about outward circumcision. That accomplishes nothing. I want to know if your heart has been circumcised. Think of that. People who can get so caught up in religion, miss God completely. Do this, do that, stand up, sit down, wear this, give this. God says, I don't want it. I want your heart cut away with the old flesh that doesn't feel anything and I want you to become very, very, very tender toward me. That's the God of the Bible. The flesh always comes first and God does his work second. And that's what's going on right now, by the way. If you go to Israel today, you'll be shocked to find out how many, how many people do not believe in God. It's, it's amazing. So are you Jewish? Yes, I'm Jewish. Uh, are you, where are you guys from, California? Oh, nice to have you. So um, tell me about growing up here and believing in God and all this in the land of God. God? Many Jews will say, I don't believe in God. They'll say, where was he in the Holocaust? He abandoned us, so I don't believe in him. But what you're actually saying is, You do believe in God, you just don't like the way he's been doing things. Because you can't get upset at somebody that doesn't exist. I just want to make that clear. I understand their pain and their hurt, but it can be... Listen, friends, listen. It can be remedied in a moment if you start reading your Bible and stop listening to people. Just read the Word of God. Start in Genesis. You'll, You'll meet him in the pages of his love letter to us. Genesis 12, verse 4. I'm asking God to stop the clock. They do it in the NFL. Can't we do it here? (laughs) Call a timeout? Genesis 12, 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had commanded him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran, then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan, and Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the tree of Moreh, and the Canaanites were then in the land, pagan worshiping. They worshiped Ishtar and Zeus and all of these ancient Babylonian deities, they were there. Moloch, Remphan, all of these pagan deities. Listen, if you don't believe me, go to the British Museum of History. Or if you're in England, go to the uh, the uh, Museum. Museum in Oxford University. What do you see? You see all of these pagan idols that are crafted and carved out, and then you see the museum's description. This is from the uh, era of this B.C. period, and this artifact was found in Israel on such and such a date as excavation. We don't have blind faith as Christians. Our faith, listen, our faith is founded upon facts. You need to know that. Yeah. Every Christian should ask, is that true? Did that really happen? And then get on that quest and find out. I, I interrupted myself. I get so excited over this topic. Verse <laughs> verse 7, Then the Lord answered Abraham and said to him, Go to your descendants and I will, uh, I will give this land. That's a promise. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Number 3, What is the origin of the Jewish people? Very simply, quickly put, Genesis 12, verse 2 says, I will make you a great nation, he says to Abraham. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Isn't that amazing? Here we are today in the 21st century, and we're talking about Abraham, and everybody in the world knows who Abraham is. Everybody. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's a messianic statement. Eventually through you, all the world will be blessed. It's not happening yet, but it's going to. Number four is this. What is the issue between the Jews and the Palestinians? Well, very quickly, we can't cover this uh, in depth, but number one, you heard the the guy mentioned, and I mentioned it before that guy, so I don't want to give him any credit. That is uh, the emperor in Rome, Hadrian, renamed the land of Israel, Palestine. That's where it came from. He cites that he did that because he wanted to forever remind Israel of its ancient enemies, the Philistines. The etymology of the word Jew, is quite fascinating. It comes from Abraham. But the word Jew is, um, listen, Jew, Hebrew, Israelite, they can all mean the same thing, but they don't always mean the same thing. You can be an Israeli atheist. Guess what? Listen. Are you listening? You can be an Israeli atheist that makes you not a Jew. I'm a Jew. Do you believe in God? No. You can't be a Jew. Sorry. No Jew for you. I'm going to prove it. <laughs> you can be Hebrew origin, Hebrew DNA, and not be a Jew. You see, Jack, I've never heard this before. Think, think, think. The etymology of the word Jew is from Judah. Uh, you, heard, you hear words like Judy, Judith, Jude, Judah, Jew. Listen, the word Jew means to praise the one who praises God. That's why Paul, a Jew, both physically, DNA, and in actuality as a religion, truly, writes to the believers in Italy in the book of Romans, chapter 2, verses 28 and 29, and he says, he is not a Jew who has been circumcised outwardly, but he is a Jew who has been circumcised of the heart not by a knife via man's hands, but by the Lord's hands. Glory. Now, when those believers in Italy heard that, they flipped out. They just absolutely loved that. Hey, I'm a Gentile. I'm a Gentile. And my Jewish friends know it. But they get, they get it's so cute because they go, how do you know this? <laughs> They'll say something and I'll go, yeah, that's, Herzl said that. How do you know that? I thank God that the book of Isaiah says that God would graft in the Gentile to his great salvation. (laughs) Wow. So the difference is this. The Jew is one who worships Yahweh. And I said a moment ago, kind of answered it already. But the word or the etymology to the word Palestine, Palestina, will eventually take you to Philistia, to Philistines, and it means invaders from the sea. People talk about the occupiers. You shouldn't you shouldn't talk like that anymore because you don't know what you're talking about. Amen. To say that Israel is the occupying force is to say that the Bible's not true. It's to say that God doesn't know what he's doing. It's to say that you do not believe in history, but you've chosen the narrative. Um, Guys, on our notes, we have A and B. I forgot what they are, but we have A and B. So what is A and B on our notes?
2: Is that a reasonable, proportionate, and moral response by Israel?
0: There is some deep
2: perversion in Britain whenever Israel is involved in a conflict, and it is the word you just used, proportion, proportionate proportionality only Britain is really obsessed with this I've heard it for the last few days incessantly proportionality in conflict rarely exists but if we were to decide that we should have this fetish about proportionality then that would mean that in retaliation for what Hamas did in Israel on Saturday Israel should try to locate a music festival in Gaza for instance and good luck with that should try to find a music festival in Gaza and rape precisely the number of women that Hamas raped on Saturday. Kill precisely the number of young people that Hamas killed on Saturday. They should find a town uh, of exactly the same size as a town like Starot where I've been many times myself. And make sure they go door to door and kill precisely the correct number of babies... That Hamas killed in Sterot on Saturday, and shoot in the head precisely the same number of old age pensioners as were shot in Sterot on Saturday, just to choose one town. Proportionality in conflict is a joke, and it's a very strange British concept which we've had that only the Israelis in a conflict when they are attacked are expected to have precisely the proportionate response.
0: <laughs> wow. When somebody invades your home at 2 a.m. to rape your children and to rape your wife and to decapitate your head, you don't talk about, what, you know, how are you, how are you planning on doing this? You don't dialogue. What you hope is that you've got something stronger than he, he does to stop him from raping your children and your wife. It is not Christian to stand there and say, well, you know what? Um, I guess I'll turn the other cheek while you rape my wife and kids. That is sick, that is derelict, and that's not taught in Scripture. When the Bible says we are to provide for our families, if we don't, it's worse than being an unbeliever. It means everything. Love, compassion, care, protection, food, roof. And if somebody seeks to destroy you, There is no Christianity of being passive. When somebody insults you, that's what it means about turning the other cheek. If somebody insults you, turn to them, Jesus said, the other cheek, let them them insult you as well. If they smack you in the cheek with an insult, turn the other cheek. Don't worry about your reputation. God says, I got your reputation. To think otherwise is to say that Soldiers that God leads into battle, David included, were all wrong. The Bible says in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder. Read it carefully. The Hebrew word kill is not there. It's murder. God sanctions war because God knows until the Prince of Peace returns, there's going to be wars. Does that make some sense? When you talk about, well, you know, wait a minute. Israel needs to kind of tone it down and be proportional. Who says such things? Those who are on the other side. Notice that when the bad guys are advancing, it's full-blown, we're going to drive into the sea, we're going to kill you, we're going to destroy you. And then when you start losing, you yell for a ceasefire. I think that's called hudna. Ceasefire, ceasefire, it means this. Ceasefire, ceasefire, reload, reload. Ceasefire, ceasefire, quick, hurry, reload, reload. Look, war is tragic and it's horrible. Jesus said that they're going to come. And this was not the last one. But people, we need to have our faith in the Lord very, very much so. Number five is this. Oh, there's another clip of something. I don't know. I forgot what it is.
1: I'm joined now by Musab Hassan Youssef. He's the author of Son of Hamas. Uh, and he joins us live. You know, your father was a founding member of Hamas and you were groomed to take a leadership position. Eventually, you converted to Christianity, rejected their political and military objectives. Why did you do that?
3: Well, for the simple uh, reasons that we see uh, right now in in, in Gaza, that Hamas does not care about the lives of uh, uh, Palestinians, does not care about the lives of Israelis or Americans. Mm -hmm. They don't care about their own lives. Uh, they consider uh, dying for the sake of uh, their ideology a, a way of worship. Mm-hmm. And uh, how can you continue uh, in that uh, uh, society?
1: Okay. I'll ask you the same question I asked my last guest. Can you coexist with someone whose mission is, to, is your destruction?
3: Well, Hamas is not seeking coexistence and uh, uh, compromise. Hamas is seeking uh, conquest and uh, taking over. And by the way, Israel, the destruction of the State of Israel is not Hamas' uh, final destination. Mm -hmm. Hamas' final destination is uh, building the Islamic Khilafah, which means uh, an Islamic State on the rubble of every uh, other civilization. These are the ultimate goals of the movement.
1: Musab, you you say in your book that Hamas targets civilians as a tool of war. Tell us about the Hamas that you know from growing up in the West Bank.
3: Well, in the mosques, uh, Hamas taught us that uh, without shedding uh, innocent blood for the sake of uh, uh, the ideology, we wouldn't be able to uh, build an Islamic state. They were preparing us from uh, the age as uh, young as uh, five years old. This is the ideology that Hamas uh, was uh, uh, feeding us and uh, honestly it's uh, impossible almost for anybody to break through and see the truth of and real face of hamas and be able to leave at some point mm. uh, as you see in my case i had to lose everything just to say no to hamas and today when i look at the children of gaza and i know what they are fed uh, i know that they have no choice yeah.
1: what's up? thank you
3: that's powerful huh did you hear that were you able to hear that very very powerful
0: Number five, real quick, uh, why is the existence of Israel in the Jews such a big deal? Uh, It's interesting to me that the first 24 hours of the attack of Israel, when uh, live stream and many other things went out, almost the entire world sentiment was for Israel. And then as communities began to uh, have Palestinian protests, People's uh, uh, comments began to change. So it seems to me that we are now uh, more prone to bend with what's trending in the wind for fear. Seems as though COVID might have prepared us for that. This is phase two, by the way. Churches in America were tested with COVID and how they viewed it and approached it and took care of their flocks and obeyed the word of God. This is now, I'm not a prophet, I'm just making a guess. That this next issue right now happening is going to divide more and more churches in America and so be it. Let it happen because when churches say, you know, Israel's not important and it's not a big deal and uh, we, we, we're talking about uh, coexistence. You cannot have coexistence because the, the, the one that's attacking you wants your annihilation and they declared it. Coexistence is when a believer and a, an a atheist live next door as neighbors and They mow each other's lawns and bake each other's cookies. That's coexistence. But if the unbeliever wants to poison cookies and kill me, that's not coexistence. We need to wake up. But now there's a, all of a sudden the tide is changing and the world is going against Israel. It's Israel's fault. China said it's America's fault this week. Xi Jinping said it's America's fault. You know it's kind of weird, though. I'll kind of agree with them in a minute because none of this stuff was happening under the Abraham Accords. When listen, when you didn't look, I'm not making a political statement, and I'm I'm becoming I'm loose. Uh, I'll just say I don't know who I'm going to vote for in 2024 if people keep talking <laughs> and saying the wrong things. But let me say this: You didn't think of ISIS for four years. You never even heard of them. The guy that was supposed to usher in World War III was the only president in the last 18 years where there was no war. Why? Because when you're strong, bad guys back up. Every guy in the room knows this. That was not a tip on how to vote. I am not happy with anything right now. I'm just saying this. Israel's existence, listen, they're the only uh, democracy, freedom-loving politic in the region. But that is besides the point. The existence of Israel and the Jew, if they ever cease to exist, then God's word has failed. He is not the God he said he was. And you have no eternal life. But don't worry. But don't worry. It's By the way, it's not us believing in him that makes him true. <laughs> I want to make that clear. He's true if you believe in him or not. And um, he is God. He's eternal. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 says, Behold the proud, his soul's not right or upright within him, but the just shall live by faith. Hebrew prophet Habakkuk. Chapter 2, verse 4. Genesis 15, verse 6. And he believed in the Lord, and God accounted it to him for righteousness. Abraham. Psalm 14, verse 7. On that, the salvation of Israel would come upon or come out of Zion. When the Lord brings back the captivity of his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Israel, God is your Messiah, God is your salvation. By the way, that's true for everybody. But he started by revealing himself to Israel. And he will finish by revealing himself to Israel. Psalm 53, verse 6. Oh, that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion. When God brings back the captivity of his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Sounds very, like, very much like Psalm 14. Genesis twenty-two, eighteen: In your seed... Descendants, All the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Psalm 22, verse 27. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. That is interesting. All the ends of the world. That's non-Jews. Shall remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations shall worship before me. Before you, the Lord. Isaiah 49, verse 6. You guys okay? I'm going fast. Okay, we're still ahead of time. So just, I saw people looking at the clock. We're ahead of normal time. Okay. Isaiah forty nine. Uh, no, wait, 49.6? nine six. Indeed, he says, it is too. It is too small a thing that you should be my servant, to rise up, raise up the tribes of Jacob, and to restore, and uh, restore the preserved ones of Israel think about how, think go after service today and find how many times Israel appears in your Bible or Palestine I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles, Jack, it says Jack right there in small print, that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth they 're going to fulfill that by the way, during the seven year tribulation period they 're going to fulfill that passage. The Jews will be a bunch of Billy Grahams and Paul the Apostles, all wrapped up into one. Can you imagine you're going to just man there's going to be Jews running around telling the world the good news of that God saves can you imagine can you imagine? Can you imagine Paul the Apostle with the internet? What if Paul the Apostle had a Twitter page? Look what he did and he didn't have any of that. Isn't it amazing? The guy preached to the known world and he didn't have a plane. Can you imagine? Okay, here we go. Where are you going? I'm going to preach to the ends of the earth. But that's what he did. Jesus never traveled more than 200 miles. Paul the Apostle, I forget the number, but it's in the thousands and thousands of miles. 2,000 years ago! (laughs) Daniel 7, verse 14. Then to him was given dominion. This is of the Messiah. And glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. This is what's coming, people, in the future. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall never pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall never be destroyed. That's the team I'm I'm playing for. Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but... The Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light. He's speaking about Israel. And kings to the brightness of your rising. God is doing a work. I know it looks horrible right now. And according to the Bible, according to the scriptures, there's terrible days ahead. But Israel will never cease to exist. God says so, and eventually he will establish his throne from Jerusalem, from the throne of David, the Bible says. Amos, these are all Hebrew prophets, Amos 9, verse 14, I will bring back the captives of my people Israel, they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them, they shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. I will plant them in their land, and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. Amos nine fifteen says, no matter what's going on in Israel, no matter how many people die, Israel will never again cease to be Israel. It may be brought under great attack, but it's never going to go away. Never. And Islam's got a huge disappointment coming. No, I'm not being funny. I believe God's going to use that to open up the eyes of Muslims. By the way, right now, listen, I've been on the phone all week. I've been talking to people in Israel. Listen, there are so many people, so many Jews that are talking now to their, their, their believing Jewish friends and family saying, tell us, tell us about Bible prophecy. Tell, listen, tell us about Yeshua. Tell us about tell, about, tell us again, tell us again. Jews are coming to Christ. listen. Islam, I know it doesn't feel like it, Islam is losing converts. More Muslims are coming to Christ than any other time in history. If you missed a couple weeks ago when the expert, Jay Smith, was here, you must see that sermon that was delivered in this pulpit. He's the greatest living expert on Islamic doctrine. He's a Christian apologist, and you must hear that message. You've got to hear it. Remarkable. God has a name. Yah is His name. Yahweh, salvation, and He will. He says, "I will not turn anyone away who comes to Me." Amen. I'll do this fast. Number seven is. Um, wait, six. Six. Where's God in all these things? Psalm 2, verse 1. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together. That's called the UN. I mean, you think about it. See, Jack, how can you say that? It's so easy. Since the creation of the United Nations, no other nation has been condemned and rebuked and have official documents filed against them, legal documents. But Israel, 104 times. The closest nation that comes to that, I think it's Syria at 37. China, zero. I'm not kidding. Go look it up. That's on the Encyclopedia Britannica. Go look. Why is is the United Nations always condemning Israel? That's why. They're, they're, They're called, the UN stands for United Nothing. Or the Unnecessary. But don't worry, you pay for 75% of the whole thing. Um, Set themselves together against the Lord. There's his name, Yah. And against, whoop, what? Against his what? Oh. Now listen, my Jewish friends. We got a problem now. This is King David talking to us. Take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed. The one anointed is the word also translated Messiah or Deliverer, or we use the word Savior. Hmm. That implies in the Hebrew that the Lord is going to send to the earth, first to Israel, a Savior. Just from this psalm right here. Are you guys with me? Well, let's go on. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. That's what the crazies are saying. Well, verse 4. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet, I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, Okay, stop. The Lord is the same one that's in verse 2. And the me is the same one that is the anointed. Y'all get that? Mark it down. It's not hard. You are my son. Today I have begotten or glorified you. Ask of me. Who? The Lord. And I will give you. Who? The anointed one. The nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Just file that away, my friends. If you're a Muslim, if you're Jewish, or if you're a Christian and you're not sure what you believe, file that away. This is serious. Hosea 5.14. Hosea 5.14. I will be like a lion to Israel, like a strong young lion to Judah. I will tear them to pieces. I will carry them off. And no one will be left to rescue them. This is God speaking. Then I will return to my place until they admit their guilt to me and turn to me. For as soon as trouble comes, they will earnestly search for me. That's being lived out right now. You ever heard of the Holocaust? The book of Deuteronomy chapter 28 talks about the Holocaust. It didn't have to happen. But guess what? God says, you don't want me? Then I'll leave you alone to the desires of the world. And I'm going to wait. I'll wait until you invite me back. Sound familiar, Christian? Jesus said, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. Listen, if Jesus was a religion, he would knock the door down. He's not a religion. You open the door. You don't open the door. You don't open the door. Listen, God says, put blood on your doorpost and lintel, and I'm going to pass over. The death angel will pass over. I'm going to be looking for blood. I've never had this answered. It's theoretical, but maybe who knows what. What if every Hebrew home in Egypt did that? What if a Hebrew home in Egypt didn't do it? Did God tell the death angel, pass through Egypt and look for Hebrews? He didn't say that. What did he tell the death angel to look for? Blood. What if your neighbor was an Egyptian and he says, what are you guys doing? Putting blood? (laughs) You're going to find out. (laughs) Wait, wait, what are you talking about? Our God spoke to us. And he wants innocent blood of a lamb to be put over the, the doorpost because the death angel is going to pass through tonight. What if that Egyptian said, I believe in that God? Read Isaiah 19. I believe in that God, then go get some blood. No, that would have been the answer. Go get some blood. Go get a little lamb, innocent lamb, put the blood there. Isn't it amazing? We come to the New Testament, what is God looking for? The blood of a lamb. Not any lamb, the lamb on your life. God doesn't care if you're a Palestinian, Peruvian, Pomona in. <laughs> he doesn't care. He's looking for blood. Covering your life. And there's only one blood that can cover your life. It's Him. I have to finish this. What's possibly next? um, I'm in a massive national pastor's thread, text thread. And I said, I just simply said, Um, last Sunday I said well now would be a good time to keep your eye on Damascus and everybody said what in the world are you talking about and I said you go read Isaiah 17 and Jeremiah 49 and uh, you tell me what's going on and lo and behold later this week Israel had to bomb the runways of the airport at Damascus and Aleppo Because Russia was flying in military arms to Tehran. And then Tehran was flying them from Iran over to Damascus and Aleppo to supply Hezbollah weaponry. So Israel took out the runways so they couldn't continue to bring the armaments. Here's what's... Listen, what does the Bible say about this? Listen, Damascus has been one of the longest, oldest, continuously inhabited cities in the world, in human existence. Damascus is one of the oldest inhabited cities in the world. So it's been inhabited since its creation. Are you hearing me? Yes. It's never been abandoned. It's been attacked. It's been taken captive. But it's always had people there. So I'm, this is what I'm looking for. I wouldn't doubt at any time. Isaiah 17, 1, the burden against Damascus. Behold, Damascus will cease from being a city and it will be a ruinous heap. Jeremiah 49, 26 goes on to say about it, Therefore her young men shall fall in the streets, and all the men of war shall be cut off in that day, says the Lord of hosts. Here it is. I will kindle a fire in the wall of Damascus, and it shall consume the palaces of Ben-Hadad. Ben-Hadad is the leadership. The word ruinous heap means uninhabitable. Boy, that ought to just get you pumped. We don't wish the demise of anything, but Bible prophecy will happen. So here's how I'm going to end. You ready? I'm going to end this way. And we won't be able to do worship, I don't think, right? Because it's just it's too late. Here's, here's where we end. The question is, regarding what's next for Israel, what's next for you? I'm going to lay this on pretty sarcastically, pretty heavy. But you might remember this. What in the world was King David talking about when he said, you ready? Psalm 22, verse 16, for dogs, that's a word for Gentiles, have surrounded me. Notice capital M, it's speaking about deity. Somebody is speaking, and they're important. It's either the Lord or the anointed one. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. This is David. They pierced my hands and my feet. They never pierced David's hands in his feet. Just think for a moment. Who in history is famous for having their hands and their feet pierced? What in the world was the prophet Isaiah talking about when he said, Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Do you know what Emmanuel means? God is among us. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Who cares? Babies are born all the time. Unto us a son is given. Wait, what are we talking about? Somebody donated a son. What do you mean? mean? Well, let's find out. And the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. The word Everlasting Father is? The one who governs time. The one that possesses and governs time. The prince of peace. Does that remind you of anybody? You guys, I'm reading from the Hebrew scriptures. What in the world was Moses thinking about when in Deuteronomy 18:15, he said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren, him you shall hear. What does that mean? Moses is saying, someone's greater than I am is coming. Wow. Think that through. What in the world was Jeremiah talking about when he said, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them out of the land to lead them, out of the land of Egypt, my covenant, which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord, verse 33, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor, but every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin, I will remember no more. Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for light by day, the or, listen, the ordinance of the moon and the stars for the light by night, who distributes the sea and its ro- uh, w- waves roaring. The Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinance depart from me, says the Lord, then the seed of Israel shall also cease from being a nation before me forever. In other words, it ain't gonna happen. What in the world was Zechariah talking about? In 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughters of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just, having salvation, lowly or humble, and riding on a donkey, a colt, a foal of a donkey. What happened? What happened on Palm Sunday? Yep. Exactly that. Exactly. Yep. What in the world was Micah, the prophet, talking about? In Micah 5, verse 2, But you, O Bethlehem, Epaphatha, which is genius. There were two Bethlehems at the time of Christ's birth. Two different counties. Two na- two, same name, two different counties. You know, like we have Paris, and then there's Paris. Notice your Bible says Epaphrita. That means the one that is near Jerusalem. The one that has the tower of Migdal Eder, where the priests would approve the sacrificial lambs for the temple. Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, little villages everywhere, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. Someone's going to be born in Bethlehem who is eternal. And here's where we end. Proverbs 30, verse 4. Solomon Who has ascended into heaven, or descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has bound the waters in a garment? And who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? His name is Yah. You know that by now. What is his son's name, if you know? I call this the everlasting Jew stopper. No, listen, I've used this on all of my Jewish friends. Some of the friends you know, they're famous. I've used this verse to them, and they go, let me check it in the Hebrew. Go right ahead. They go in the Hebrew. One guy, I was on a bus in Jerusalem. This guy goes to me, hmm, it's stronger in the Hebrew. The English is weak. Can you believe that? Every Jew I know, I always say, hey, read read Proverbs 30 verse 4 and tell me what you think. Go ask your rabbi that one. Not one has ever come back to me yet. What is my name? It's Yah, Yahweh, Jehovah. We already know this. And then he turns right around and says, can you tell me my son's name? It's the same one that's in Psalm 2. Isaiah 7, Isaiah 9. On and on we go. He who watches over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. Keep your eyes on the news, maybe, if you can handle it. But by all means, have your Bibles open. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, we praise you today for your truth. Inconvenient? Disruptive of spirit, maybe? Controversial? everything you do is controversial, God. Loving, forgiving, merciful, kind? Yes. And as we speak of the pierced hands and the pierced feet, we know that your anointed one has come. To Jerusalem, to an empty tomb, he leaves, just as the prophets foretold. So Father God, in Jesus' name, in Yeshua's name, You would open the eyes of people to know that the price of sin by the Lamb of God has come. And there is the only hope possible is in Him. And you are soon about to deal with Israel in its reawakening and the gathering of the Jew will come soon. But Lord, your word is clear that when we hear the gospel, we are to say yes to it now. The ancient promise of eternal life For the just shall live by faith. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.